Hi, I'm Dawn Kendall. And I'm Alex Howarth. And this is the Yoga Life Podcast. Welcome to the Yoga Life Podcast. This is Alex. Today is going to be a slightly different kind of episode, so let's call this one the second bonus episode of Series 2. Dawn and I had some really devastating news this week, and being completely honest, neither of us, when we came to recording, were in the right frame of mind to give the podcast the energy that we really want to, to talk about the topic we wanted to talk about, which is quite a high energy topic, we just didn't have it in us, and we just needed a bit more time to gather our thoughts and to be in a better place. Over the last few months I've been working with a group of yogis working on different habits and implementing different habits from yoga and Ayurveda and all my years of experience as a personal trainer and a business coach and working to help both myself and them feel better both in body and mind. I've been recording with them a monthly workshop where you focus on a different topic each month over a six-month period. And this week, what I've done is I've clipped together um, sections, highlights, bits of our latest workshop on sleep, which was really wonderful. Uh, We got quite into depth on the mechanics of sleep, um, and then we discussed different ways in which to improve sleep and also set in place our next month's focus of uh, habit changes. And I decided that I would share this with you this week uh, to give you an insight into what we're up to, to maybe inform you or educate you on a little bit more about sleep. And I really hope you enjoy it. I hope you find it informative and interesting and continue to take something from uh, this podcast. Dawn and I, all being well, will be back next week with episode 10 of series two of the Yoga Life podcast. Uh, we're going to be talking about manifestation, which is quite an exciting topic for both of us, hence wanting a high level of energy. If you enjoy this week's podcast about sleep, um, a few weeks back I posted a workshop about um, Ayurveda and an introduction to Ayurveda as well as a bonus episode too. So do get uh, logged on and listen to that one as well. Or if you really want to get involved and find out more about these habits and the six months of which I'm working with these yogis, head to my website, alexhowithyoga.com forward slash habit challenge. So sleep, I think all of us know that it's needed, required every single night, ideally. Uh, Quick question, raise of hands or a good old wave, who gets eight to nine hours of sleep a night? One, two, three, four, five. Five out of 15. Who gets between six and eight hours a night? That's a few more. Who gets less than six hours a night? 
Okay, cool. Cool, cool. Okay. Um, awesome. So the, the three or four of you that put your hand up to less than six, please read the book. Uh, so many things affect sleep. Many things affect sleep. So we can't just assume that uh, no matter who we are, that we can all go to sleep at the same time, wake up at the same time and have the same quality of sleep every single day. As we get older, the quality of our sleep does uh, naturally decrease. So uh, we generally seem to be able to sleep less as we get older. Um, so I don't know, I, I grew up with my grandma and it always used to fascinate me that she was up way before us, wake four or five o'clock in the morning and she didn't go to bed until like 11 o'clock at night because she just didn't sleep. And it, it's, it seems to be, uh, I didn't know it at the time, obviously, but she, it, that's just a normal thing. Older people generally just don't sleep so much. So as you age, you should expect your, the amount of sleep you have to decrease. Um, other things that affect your sleep are alcohol, obviously drugs as well. Um, your recent sleep patterns, your work patterns, your TV or screen time habits, I should say really, rather than just TV. Um, and obviously disturbances, noise, light, etc., etc. So that kind of thing too. So there are lots and lots of influences on sleep. And most people, because it is not all people, most people function best when we get eight hours sleep, eight to nine, is the, is the ideal. More than nine does show that it has no extra added benefits. It actually starts to have detrimental effects. So it's, it is important to uh, stick around that eight or nine every now and then a bit of a lay-in is not going to hurt, but it's not like, right, if sleep's really good for me, I'm going to start sleeping 11 hours a day. Who has time for that? So there are four stages of sleep, four. Um, three of them come under the umbrella of REM, uh, sorry, non-REM. So REM stands for rapid eye movement. So it's non-rapid eye movement, which essentially means our eyelids are still. There is no movement of the eyes. So our first uh, phase is um, so non-REM one, which would be considered a kind of a light doze. That phase, if any of you have experienced this, I get it almost every single day when someone starts to doze off next to you and they twitch. Does anyone else have that? I myself twitch and Mossy twitches. Literally both of us are like this as we go to sleep every night. But so this is the phase in which you can twitch. Uh, it's pretty, it's really light. You can kind of, you're half conscious sometimes. You kind of know what's going on. It would be very, very easy to wake up from this, this uh, phase. At the beginning of the night, that might be anywhere between five minutes and 20 minutes, depending on if you're disturbed. But essentially it can be quite short. Uh, and... As we move through our sleep cycles through the night, the amount of time we spend in that phase can get smaller and smaller and smaller. So we move through these four phases. Sorry, I should have said this at the beginning, cyclically throughout the, throughout the night. And each of the four phases generally lasts. It takes to get through all four phases about 90 minutes. But this again varies from person to person and can get longer as the night goes on. So, um, the first phase of that 90 minutes is this non-REM one. Uh, we then have non-REM two. So this is uh, typically about half an hour of time is spent here. It's a deeper sleep and it is harder to be woken from and the body starts to drop down and relax into a more, uh, a slower state. So your temperature starts to drop, your heart rate, your breath rate, everything starts to slowly decrease in the second phase. 
So then the third phase, we've really dropped it. This is assuming there's no disturbances. We've really dropped into the deep sleep. So this is now the deep sleep phase. Uh, everything has very much relaxed now and the brain completely switches into a different kind of brainwave. So our brainwaves work in a certain way when we're awake and a different way when we're asleep. And in our deep sleep, it moves into a delta, delta waves. So they're much slower and longer. Um, and this is an important phase of sleep because it's known as our uh, restorative phase. So if we think of our Ayurveda circle, our clock that uh, we talked about in the last workshop, um, we have, we have the, the, the clock phases and we had 10 until 2, 10 p.m. until 2 a.m was essentially a restorative phase. That's when the body uh, digests, um, digests. So in the daytime, that's when we look to eat our main meal because that's when the body is primed. So 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. because our body is primed to digest the food that we eat. It's, it's a good, good time to eat, etc. But when we're sleeping, it's a digestion of our thoughts and processes and everything that's going on uh, or has gone on in the day. So this is our restorative phase with sleep. I so that's our deep sleep. Um, but, but, but have I got anything else? So this is a quotation. Experts believe that there is uh, that this stage is critical to restorative sleep, allowing the body, uh, allowing for bodily recovery and growth. It may also bolster the immune system and other key bodily processes, even through brain. Even though the brain activity is reduced, there is evidence that deep sleep contributes to insightful thinking and creativity and memory. Most deep sleep occurs at the start of the night, usually lasting 20 to 40 minutes and reducing each cycle as the day goes on. So you will have your your main bulk of deep sleep will be in your first and second 90 minute cycles. OK, so that's where our deep sleep, our restorative sleep happens. After our deep sleep, we have REM sleep. So this is rapid eye movement. So rapid eye movement, it, I don't know if any of you ever watched someone when they're properly deep asleep, but their eyes are closed, but you can see their eyeballs moving under their eyelids. So that's rapid eye movement. Everyone <laughs> is different. And I, I like, yeah, I can't, I can't try and force something that's not going to work for you at the end of the day. I trust oh no, I'd love I to. <laughs> <laughs> I trust that you guys know your body better than, than I ever am going to. So it is a case of just taking from us what you can. Um, and essentially looking for other means of going back to sleep than making your brain more active. Mm. So by reading, reading the news, especially looking at a device is going to only wake your brain up more. Yeah, it doesn't help me. No, it, do, it, <laughs> it will definitely hinder you. And so therefore you're missing out on potential time that you could be asleep. I'm not saying it will definitely work, just it could. Um, so yeah, but I have... I have some advice for that later. So in the morning, our body releases serotonin and cortisol to wake us up. So they're two hormones and they, they wake us up. And then in the evening, as it gets dark, uh, again, our body senses that uh, through our eyes and we start to produce melatonin, which is then the hormone that starts to make us feel really, really tired, which is why if you look around me, we have the cooker light on. I have a lamp on in front of me and a couple candles, that's it. Uh, Jessica's sitting in pretty dim lighting. Who is that? Alice is in pretty dim lighting. Justine is looking very chilled out. Susie Smith's got some ambiance going on. Um, and so we've started, Susie Davis has as well. So we've started to essentially use that natural uh, 
darkness to start to help our bodies produce more melatonin by dimming the lights, lowering, uh, Mossy hates it. He's all about like big light on. I'm like, no, big light goes off. <laughs> we want lamps and ambiance and it helps your body produce that melatonin. So when you actually hit the pillow, you're, you're tired. You're using the hormones that you have. Your body naturally produces. So you're more likely to be able to go to sleep. Um, there are people who don't produce melatonin or really have low levels of it. Uh, so that's when you would need, that's people supplement and you can supplement. And I think people would use it for jet lag as well. So you can kind of trick your body into producing melatonin or you take some melatonin to help you go to sleep when you're in a foreign country with really random time zones. Other things that can affect this are also your a screen time in the evening. So if we've tried to dim all the lights and make everything feel nice and chilled out. It's dark outside. Uh, we're trying to produce that melatonin. But then if for the last two hours before bed, all you're doing is looking at your phone, staring at the TV or looking at a laptop or an iPad or working or anything like that, you're almost, you're stopping because you're looking at light, you're preventing your body from producing that melatonin. Therefore, when it comes to actually switching the lights off and your head hitting the pillow, suddenly it's really difficult to fall asleep because our body hasn't naturally uh, or uh, produced that amount of melatonin that we need to switch off. Now, if you're a late to bed kind of person, the old Body Thrive book, the Ayurveda point of view, I really enjoyed this because in the Why We Sleep book, he has a huge chapter on uh, how some people are morning people and some people are night owls and everyone should be allowed to work to their circadian rhythm, their natural sleep cycle, da, 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 da. It's really important. And then you read this Body Thrive book and they're like, nope, everyone is a morning person and people who aren't are wrong. <laughs> I was just like, well, this is different. <laughs> But is <laughs> like I said, I'm trying this shit out. I'm very interested to see how the Ayurveda stuff works. So I'm all for it, but I'm a morning person. So it seems a bit unfair to me just to push that on, uh, push that on everyone. Oh, I've just seen your comment, Annie. Ah, the heating is a battle. What, do you like it cold or hot? You like it cold. Andrew likes it hot. <laughs> nightmare well you can tell them now you've got a reason um so i mean i hate the cold so uh it's tricky in in this household but i know it's better for me uh sarah darling you've got a question another thing that massively and lenny kind of said about it in the chat right at the beginning and i ignored it completely on purpose lenny she's put stress and worries because this ties us in very very nicely and i appreciate the comment lenny to our final point that i would like us to work on so something that can really really affect our ability to drop off our stress and worries so we now have this hour in the evening so we've got the uh, lovely option of reading a book um we've got uh journaling you've got meditation you've got like sarah's doing she's got doing her yoga practice a very chilled out yoga practice as well conversation with actual people you live with that might be different <laughs> no says liz uh board games etc something like that i really want to buy risk i think mossy and i should have an ongoing game of risk for like the whole time what is your why are you holding your head wifey i thought you'd approve oh your adrenaline to go right up you're right I was like, how, uh, no, how I would be well awake. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. I forgot how exciting that game was. <laughs> what Any is it? Game. 
any board game and I would just be too competitive, too charged, bad idea. Jigsaw puzzle? Well, you, I always do a jigsaw puzzle on my tablet. You're going to hate it just before bed because it calms me. Well, there we go. Maybe try and make sure there's a blue screen like cover thing on that. I do have the like, I don't know what it is, something on it. Yeah. Cool. Good. Um, best, best of both worlds, I guess. Uh, so not games, apparently. Too much adrenaline. I forgot how exciting games can be. Uh, Scrabble. <laughs> I don't know. I think Scrabble can get very competitive, Susie. <laughs> anyway, um, Annie risks it. Risk ends up in shouting in this house. No risk. Board games is a terrible idea. I take it all back. So, but also what a fantastic thing is. So Lenny said, obviously, stress and worries. So what stress does is it sits in our mind and all we do is think about it. And obviously, if we do our meditation and we practice our mindfulness, we can become very aware of this and we can start to try and pull ourselves out of that spiral of stress and anxiety in the evenings. However, when we're trying to go to sleep, it's really, really difficult to kind of keep get, keep on top of it. And it can be really exhausting and you can become more agitated and you don't get to sleep. Therefore, the best thing, especially if that stress is about something that's happening the next day or even in the next week and you're doing like this mental to-do list, the best thing we can do is get it out of our brain and onto paper. Because once it's down on paper, the odds of you laying there worrying about it and stressing about it are much less. You've kind of taken control of the situation. So if we go to bed in quite a funky, angry mindset, I don't know if any of you else, any, any of you have the rule of not going to bed on an argument. Um, it, it's important because if you have an argument with someone, it's really, really difficult to then get to sleep because it sits with you. You can almost feel it like in your tummy or in your chest. It really is a pressure and it's horrible. So if you have an argument with someone, you've instantly got this negative funk going on. And again, it stops us going to sleep. Whereas if you clear the air and you finish the day on a real positive, uh, makeup sex, perhaps, uh, then it's much easier to then go to sleep. So gratitudes kind of work like makeup sex. They leave us feeling positive. It's very, very difficult to feel negative about something when you're feeling grateful about something. So it switches our mindset from potentially being busy, stressed, uh, exhausted, self-pitying, all the normal things that might go through your brain at the end of the day. It switches from being something that could be quite negative to a positive place. Regardless, you may have had a great day and you may be in a very positive place, which is fantastic, but we're recreating the habit of each night writing anything between one and three gratitudes. Some days it's going to be really freaking easy to write down one, two, three, done. Some days it might be easiest just to write down one. Another day it might be really fucking hard to write down one. But you can go really broad with these gratitudes. I am glad the sun was out today. So remember this next week, next few days, the rest of this week, it's only Tuesday, a great time to start something. We may be researching, looking into this stuff. And maybe we start looking at Lumi lights. Other brands are available. Maybe we start thinking about bedtime. Maybe we do our bedtime maths. Maybe we start looking into an eye mask or earplugs or a fan. Or maybe we start putting that timer on our phone so our apps switch off at a certain time. All that kind of thing. This is the prep phase this week. If you're feeling like, yes, got this, you can jump straight in. Absolutely. But don't beat yourself up if you spend the next, the rest of this week prepping. Lenny, my darling. Um, <clears throat> what about naps? Have you, have you heard any 
anything about that or read anything about that? Yep. So naps, um, ideally, you either want to have them super short. So I think it's 17 and a half minutes is the optimum yeah. short nap time. Now, if you have a coffee, it takes about 20 minutes to kick in. So have a coffee, go sleep. And then by the time you wake up, your coffee will have hit. So <laughs> that's one thing I learned a while back. It's a great little trick. But if you're having a power nap about 17 and a half minutes and try not to sleep any longer than that, unless you can commit to a full sleep cycle for 90 minutes, because if you were then try and nap for 45 minutes, uh, <laughs> which is your thing, Annie, uh, if you... If you nap for longer or, hard, or shorter, you're essentially waking yourself up in the middle of that sleep cycle. And like we talked about earlier, you feel like shit. So mm. if you're going to nap, short, short one, 17 and a half minutes, I believe is right, but I will double check that, or 90 minutes. Um, and what about meditation? Sorry. What about Sorry. meditation? If you do a 20-minute meditation, that also has impact on your brain and the uh, amount of um, rest you get for your um for your body really so it... yes and no meditation is a different kind of work for your brain it, it, it is unless you're going into like full samadhi it is different so i wouldn't say that a 20 minute meditation could be considered a nap but meditation is incredibly powerful tool i was meant to say this earlier and totally forgot i'm so sorry incredibly powerful tool should you be waking up in the night it's a very powerful tool to help you get back to sleep as is the um, sleep stories on headspace and calm the calm app is amazing so if you're awake in the night and struggling to get back to sleep put on the calm app the sleep stories and they are the dullest stories you've ever heard who knows? I'm not here to diagnose anyone with anything, but just know that all of these things are there. And I did, I almost thought about talking about all the detrimental effects of sleep, uh, lack of sleep. And there are many, and I highly recommend you looking into them. However, I didn't want to bring us down today. And we only had an hour of which we've already gone over. So um, thanks so much for coming guys. If you do have any more questions, of course, do ask. Uh, Cause we could talk about this all day, night, but it's bedtime. <laughs> Jessica and I want to go to bed in 15 minutes and I'm still looking at a screen so <laughs> I love you all um thank you for coming I'll be back on the group chat tomorrow morning obviously I'm not going to look at it tonight uh so I'll chat to you all then have a wonderful wonderful evening go journal write a gratitude get to bed thank you so much for coming so that concludes some of the highlights and lessons from our sleep workshop um for this six month challenge if you enjoyed it, like I said at the beginning, head to alexhowithyoga.com forward slash habit challenge. There's an early bird offer on joining our January cohort uh, until the end of the month. So go take a look now and it would be great to see you there. But if you have any questions about it, get in touch via Yoga Life Podcast uh, Instagram or the website yogalifepodcast.com or you can head to Alex Howarth Yoga on Instagram and you can contact me via there instead. Have a great week and all being well, we'll be back next week with a normal episode and we'll be working on manifesting. Namaste. Namaste.